welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. Amen. How awesome is Dave? Dave is the man. Wouldn't be here without Dave. We, uh, Stacy and I pretty much walk in a covenant relationship, what we call it, with Dave and Amber. And so um, we, we did so much to get all this going. And as soon as Amber starts singing, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is why we're doing all this. You know, it all comes together. Just so thankful um, for those guys. Um, I felt a little bit more energy in the room about the girls slip and slide day versus the boys canoe day. Um, so we may need to adjust that. <laughs> Uh, guys, we'll have to just keep getting bigger and bigger and better and better with our ideas. I thought the canoe trip would really overtake everything, but it doesn't seem to be doing that. Um, hey, as I just talked about, we're in our new building. So excited. Hey, if you've helped out in the past two weeks with the church, why don't you wave your hand? Can we just thank these people? They've done so much. Um, we, we've just spent the past two weeks, uh, the, the past two podcasts online really describe how all this happened. And we just really put a lot of time and energy into it and so thankful to get to this point. So thank everybody. I'm so thankful for everybody who came and served. And as Dave said, we're going to have some more things coming up. We're going to try to make it even um, just better for families just to serve everybody. So, so, so excited about everyone who came to do that. All right. So it's awesome that this is a new building. But even more excited today for me to announce that it's Mother's Day. Oh, it's Mother's Day. That's just as important, if not more important, than being in a new building. I'm so uh, thankful for the moms in my life. Um, so in here right now is my, my birth mother, my mother-in-law, and Stacy's running around here somewhere. Um, so please be very kind to these three women. They directly or indirectly run my life. Um, so if you could give them a high five at any point. I'm just kind of being funny, but I've just been so blessed with great moms uh, in my life. Could not be more thankful for that. So I figured I'd start it out with a little bit of humor. So let's put this, uh, some of these on here. So can everyone see that? That was like me at 19 years old. So it says, uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thanks, sweetie. Now go wash your hands. They're filthy and comb your hair and turn off the lights. Do you think I own an electric company? South Louisiana in August, my parents would always say, close the door, close the door. And I grew up thinking, gosh, it's not that big of a deal. Now I'm always yelling at my kids, close the door, keep the door closed. My oldest is eight years old. And uh, she goes, daddy, your favorite saying is close the door, close the door, close the door. I'm like, I'm passing this on to the next generation. It's 100,000 degrees here. Mom, I'm sorry about those little dumb, I'm sorry about those dumb little things I did when I was a kid. Just be thankful you only know about half of them. <laughs> All right. Go to the next one. I love this one. See, I told you. So, see, that's how she does it with the Superman cape. Isn't that sweet? All right, we'll go to the next one. Mom, I just wanted to say you forgot to remind me this Sunday is Mother's Day. <laughs> it's not the mom's responsibility to do that. Um, Okay, that's awesome. Thanks for doing that. Um, Josh, you can get the lights back. Thank you, sir. Um, all right, cool. Well, we're just going to take today and honor the moms. 
I'm so thankful for all the mothers that are in here. We just want to, I just want to talk about moms for a little bit. Um, the Bible says to honor your father and mother because it leads to long life. Um, just, just take the general principle of learning how to honor someone. Here at Cedar House, we, we're really, we really believe in what we call a culture of honor. It's, it's living life through a lens where we value, value who people are. Um, the culture of honor is basically based on this. I celebrate and value what you are and what God has called you to be, and I don't stumble over and punish what you're not. It takes no talent to see what someone's not good at. It takes no talent to point out the negative in someone. Anyone can see the negative in someone. But it does take a big person to always see the gold in someone, be able to pull that out, be able to celebrate that. So that's something in general that's just a big deal for us here. We try to celebrate um, the God on people as much as we possibly can. But if you think about this, specifically, honor leads to life, just in general, Honor leads to life. So honor affirms someone's value, and it leads to a longer and better life. Um, I I don't know how else to say it. It's just a biblical truth that when I affirm who you are and I call out the gold in your life and who you are, apparently it just attracts heaven's resources in life. And so, you know, people can say, man, it's just, I hear people say this all the time to me. You just surround yourself with really positive people. I'm like, I know I like life. I want positivity going back and forth. I want to affirm who we are. I want to celebrate who we are because it just attracts heaven. But think about how paramount this is of the verse that says to honor your father and mother. This is a Ten Commandment. When God was first setting his guidelines to live a healthy life, he decided this should be in the top ten to honor your father and your mother. That's just that is a top ten principle of his in the Old Testament was to honor your father and mother. Some of you may have not had a great mother, but that's not what biblical honor is. Biblical honor is regardless of who you are, I'm going to find the good and I'm going to sit on that and I'm going to value it. And so there's something special about honor, but even more so when it comes to honoring, in this case, a mom. I just There's something about the alignment of heaven. There's something about the health of heaven that comes when we, when we choose to posture ourselves to honor our father and mother. I, I'd encourage you dads, this is... Um, really important. Pay attention to the way that you're talking about your, your spouse in front of your children. They're always watching, and you're teaching them how they're going to grow up and be honored and give honor. So what type of language are you using about your wife in front of your kids? Just pay attention to that. This, this process can start as a discipline, but it eventually comes from a place of passion. And so that's what we're doing today. We're just going to celebrate the mom. So how many of you, if you've been a Christian for a while, you've heard of Proverbs 31, a godly woman? It's a Proverbs that just talks about um, what, it, what it looks like to be a godly woman. And towards the end of that chapter, it kind of shifts into a little bit of motherhood. I just think it's so valuable. I wanted to read it today, so we'll put it on the screen here. Um, so this is Proverbs 31, verse starting with verse 25. So it says, she, talking about a mom in this case, she is clothed, clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Let me just stop that. I love that so much. A woman who, can, who understands what's coming yet can laugh at the days to come. Her confidence is in God. Her confidence is in her family unit. And she understands that whatever's coming, she can laugh at it. Isn't that powerful? be able to look at the future and just laugh at it like yeah i know it's coming but god's bigger than that i love that so much okay she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction on her tongue 
She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. So that's what we're doing. We're just going to honor the moms. So thank you so much, moms, for being a mom. I understand how somewhat of a thankless position that could be, and just want to say that you're seen and you're known. All of those nights where you didn't feel seen, you didn't feel known, whether you have a one-year-old or a 50-year-old, you're really valuable. And we really, really care about you. And we just wanted to take today to just thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. And you, sh- you deserve to be celebrated. Um, you, guys are, you guys deserve honor for being a mother. And your mistakes don't dictate how much honor you get. You get honor no matter what. So you should all feel praised and valued. And we have something special for you at the end. But I'm going to just pray over the moms. Real quick, and then we'll keep going. So, God, I just pray for every mother in here. I just pray for um, a peace and an acceleration on their life. Their relationship with their children would thrive. That everything that happens in their life would be a positive thing, God. I pray for uh, resources and finances to accomplish everything on their heart. Um, I just declare that um, there's no lost time, God, that you can make up for any mistakes. So we just honor and celebrate the mothers in the room. We, uh, we don't take for granted everything they've done, and we just celebrate them in Jesus' name. Amen? Awesome. Well, hey, I grew up a mile from here. Crazy. Literally a mile from here. My parents still live one mile from here. And um, when I was young... I had a sleepwalking problem. Not only was it a sleepwalking problem, this is 100% true, I would sleepwalk to different places in the house and intentionally pee. Um, you can already feel the empathy you're having on my mom right now. She has these stories about how I would just wake up, be, not wake up, I'd get out of bed, I'm sleepwalking, and I would just pee somewhere. So she's got stories of me like standing on top of a bunk bed, peeing off, I like on a chest of drawers, just literally peeing off, um, and it sounds kind of cute, the problem is I did this till I was 17, <laughs> it's just one of those, I'm just really thankful for my mother, um, I'm joking about the 17 part, uh, maybe five. But uh, it is true that I did do this. And so uh, we're living here in Shenandoah. And the way that parents' house was at that time, their, their bedroom was the front, um, kind of the front corner, where, right by the front door. And so one night I wake, I sleepwalking. My mom hears the front door open. And she looks outside, and her five-year-old son is peeing in the front yard in February. Now, this is, uh, we have a lot of neighbors, so we're the crazy people with the little kid who keeps peeing in the front yard. Um, you can just imagine the, uh, the conversations that my parents had to have um, from all of my sleepwalking um, things, but just, just the amount of sleepless nights that I put on my mom um, in so many different ways, but specifically with my sleepwalking issues. Now, I, I live on some land now. I live on some acreage, and if I need to chalk it up to sleepwalking, I will, but I really, it's just something about a guy it's just really awesome to pee in the woods. Can we just be honest, guys? It's, 
No, I'm not the only one. I'm not isolated up here. It's just something manly about walking outside and paint. Please don't do that in our new church facility. As I mentioned, we have four bathrooms, but... You know, I, I, thinking about it, I've told Stacy, I'm like, hey, if you need, if it makes you more attractive to me to think I'm sleepwalking while I do it, that's totally fine. I just, I'm going to go pee outside in the backyard. Um, something about a man peeing in the woods. Um, it's just really awesome. No, I'm being funny. But, but in all honesty, those type of things, just, just the amount of weight and sleepless nights that we put on our moms from, th- from different things like that. I'm just so thankful for my mom. But, but in all honesty, I, I went, some of you have heard this um, story. From about third grade to sixth grade, I went through a very bizarre season of having extreme amount of anxiety, extreme amount of fear, panic attacks. I mean, I, it was, I, I couldn't leave my parents' house. Very, uh, just honestly, demonic stuff. I, I, I still don't know fully what happened. Some of you may have experienced some of that. But at a young age, before I was even able to understand things, I just was overcome with a lot of fear. And the only thing that would fix it, the only thing that would make the fear go away is my mom. So I could go anywhere if my mom was there, I was good. If she wasn't there, I wasn't good. And I mean literally like absolute fear to where I couldn't move fear where I couldn't leave my house, things of that nature. Um, the, where we lived was three doors down from the elementary school I went to right here in Shenandoah. And they would let my mom sit outside of my classroom because I was so scared to be away from her. And she would do that. Isn't that amazing? She would sit outside the classroom. I just, I, if I knew she was there, I was okay. And she sought out different counsel, professional help, and things of that nature. And so many of them said... You just need to pull the Band-Aid. You, you just need to just, just let it go. You have to just force him into being away from you. you have to, he's having some type of detachment things. You just have to force him into it. And against professional advice, my mom, the, the, something about a mother's intuition, and she knew that's not what he needs. And for years, she would just let me cling on to her as, as I'm even going into middle school, would do that. How many of you know about the mother's intuition? Even today, we have four daughters, and there's things that we read it in a book of what we're supposed to do, and we think, mainly Stacy. She's like, nope, that's not what they need. I know what they need. There's this invisible connection that a mom has with a child that is so strong, that's so powerful, and it comes from just this place. I, w- I would consider it like a like a Holy Spirit thing where they just have this connection with the child. And something about a mom that has the ability to know about timing, like it's time like it's time for you to go or it's not time for you to go and when to push you and when to not push you. But mothers always are always pulling the gold out of us, not punishing but always seeing the positive and, and investing in that positive. How many of you had a mom like that? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's um, a couple stories in the life of Jesus that really parallel that. But first I just want to say, it, it's really interesting. Jesus had a mom. Like he, did, he didn't, in the natural, he didn't have a spouse and he didn't have children. So there's always a little bit of disconnect. I'm like, well, he doesn't even have kids. Well, how am I supposed to read about, if any of you ever read Paul's stuff on marriage? I'm like, he's not married. Like that's not, he has no idea what it's like to sleep on the couch whenever you make that statement. Paul's not, Paul, I'm going to get to heaven and be like, Paul, what? There's a reason you weren't married, Paul. You can't be saying that stuff about a woman, man. Uh, 
But, but with the life of Jesus, he didn't have natural children. He didn't have a natural spouse. Now, spiritually, we are his bride and we are his children. But in the natural, like in the Bible, there's no way to pull kind of nutrients from that. But he did have a mother. And so he has these different engagements with his mom that are really powerful that I think are just really, really special. I'm going to give you one at a young age. There's one story that we have of Jesus when he was 12 years old. So they lived about a two-day walk from the temple at the time, actually Solomon's temple that we're talking about. So, and they would do these, um, they'd, they'd get on camelback or whatever, and they'd walk a couple days, and they'd go to these feasts and these different celebrations. For us, that would be like a, like a conference, uh, like Bethel would do or something like that. And they, they walk two days to get there, and they do their ceremonious worship, and they leave, and they're about two days out, and Mary can't find Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if, I'm, if I can't find my child in the grocery store for about 15 seconds, the amount of anxiety and speaking in tongues that starts, moms, you know what I'm talking about? They went two days and realized we lost God. Like, I want to live in a way where, like, if God's not near me, I, I want to recognize it. They went two, two days. Listen, wherever your mommy guilt is for your past, none of you have lost God. You can imagine Mary just being like, I don't know how I'm going to answer uh, to the Father for this one. We lost Jesus. This whole plan is going awry. We lost Jesus. And so they go back. They find him. And Jesus is in there with all the teachers and the scholars, and they're just talking about Scripture. And she says, Jesus, we're just, we're scared. Where, where were you? And he says, well, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And I love that so much. Just raising children in church has, is a really big deal. And I believe Mary had a big part of instilling that in him. So it's just a really neat story. Like that's like a normal story that we get to pull from Jesus. But there's this really, really, really um, key story that I want to share. And then we'll move on to some Mother's Day stuff. Um, <clears throat> So most of you have probably heard about the birth of Jesus. And so paraphrasing here, what happened is God, an angel, one of the three archangels, encountered Mary and basically says to her, hey, you're going to uh, get pregnant and you're going to birth the son of God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. His name's going to be Jesus. His name's going to be Emmanuel. They have a dialogue about that. And she says, okay. Now Mary's probably 12 to 14 years old at this time. And she has this engagement with God. And she gets pregnant. Um, very unique story, obviously extremely important story in our Christian her- uh, lineage and heritage. <clears throat> and so Mary n- had prophetic words from God of what her son would be like. And she had promises of what she knew that Jesus would be like. Now, this, this cost her something. So obviously it would be really cool to be Mary, right? I mean, that would be awesome. But she was considered the mother of an illegitimate child by people in society for 30 years. And this cost her something. There's a cost to raising children. <laughs> the reward is great, but it does cost you something. And even to raise Jesus, it cost her a reputation. It cost her a dent in the way people looked at her in this throughout her life. So th- uh, roughly 30 years goes by, and they're at this wedding. And they're hanging out at this wedding. Now, just to give you context, Mary's carrying 30 years of promises. And she's got some clout built up with some prayers. You with me? And they're at this party. Now, Jesus had said five different times in five different ways. You got to get this. He said, I can only do what the Father tells me to do. 
So Jesus, as an adult, I'm assuming at some age, that transferred from Mary into the Father. I can only do what the Father tells me to do. So they have this interaction. I'm going to read it to you. We good, Christy? That's all right. So John 2, 1 through 12 here. So on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Brought the rowdy crowd. So when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And he says, woman, why do you involve me? Now, I just want to give you, don't say that. <laughs> Jesus wasn't married either, right? So just give him grace. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you do a word study, that word woman is not um, degrading like it feels to us. So, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stones, six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that they had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servant who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have also had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Okay, so they have this interaction where Jesus is only doing what the Father tells him to do, right? That's his plan. And so he says, Mary's, Mary's ready. And she says, all right, um, Jesus, they run out of wine. And he says, hey, it's not my time. The next verse is, do what he, just do what he tells you. So somewhere, we're obviously reading into scripture in here. Somewhere, Mary shifted the heart of the Father to inform Jesus that it is time. Listen, as a mom, Mary knew something. The intuition of, no, Jesus, it's time. She, she was ready. She's carrying 30 years of prayers, 30 years of promises, 30 years of confusion, and she just said, nope, now it's time, Jesus. Now's the time. And she pulled the gold out in him for his first miracle, which started his ministry. There's something about a mom that just understands it's time. A mom knows when to hold, and a mom knows when to push. A mom knows when to pull the gold and when to stay still. And this is a literal example of Mary and Jesus having this type of encounter. Mary shifted history, and Jesus' ministry started. Isn't that cool? It's so powerful that moms have that ability. Mary, the amount of promises that she held and held her heart upright, had so much clout with God that she shifted the heart of the Father. Moms, you can do that. That's who you are. The prayers you've been praying, the promises that you've held on to, can shift the heart of God. I love that so much. So uh, theologians, most of them would say they don't know exactly how many kids that Mary had, but he mentions of three brothers and sisters. So let's just say he had five. So my other theological reason is why she wanted more wine is she just needed a break. <laughs> I'm not promoting drinking, but that's funny, isn't it? That's a funny. Moms, 
You totally get it. I, I know that you get it. Um, but yeah, so moms, look, we, we, you're amazing. Listen, if you've come today and you're a little bit dejected about the situation that you've got with your kids or you're worried about the situation with your kids or maybe you have a prodigal child who's not walking with God, um, your prayers and the promises that you carry can shift things. I just feel like today with a new building and just that it's Mother's Day, I just feel it's just a moment that we should just pray into that. Um, just want to pray over all the moms for um, there's this thing that we call mommy guilt that you just carry stuff that you shouldn't be carrying. There's not enough of you to solve every problem in your child's life. So we want to pray against that. How many of you, uh, did anyone know about mommy guilt or daddy guilt? All right, me and Sharika are honest. Okay, we got a couple here. Okay, uh, Josh Day's got a six-month-old, and he's already got it. That's an honest man. Um, it's just real. It's like, hey, you know, I, when, I, when I was 18, I'm thinking, you start realizing all these mistakes your parents make. Now I'm 35 with four kids. I'm like, golly, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> I, of course they didn't do that perfectly, you know. Um, but, but there's this guilt and the shame that comes with it whenever you, you, you're not fulfill your potential, what you feel like is your potential. So I want to pray over that. I also want to pray over just prodigal children, that children that aren't walking with God, if that's anyone in the room. or and, and even if it's not prodigal, it's just where you've just prayed a lot about something and you need to see breakthrough in your child's life. And then thirdly, I want to pray for this. As a woman, you, you really forfeit a lot to be able to be a great mom. And um, as men, we recognize that. And I just want to pray for the dreams that you guys have in your hearts, that the, the resources and the capacity to do those would happen. I understand at a young age there's a, there's a give and take to having small children yet still pursuing a dream or anything like that, and you begin to dream through your kids, and I think that's totally awesome and appropriate. But I just want to pray for the dreams that every mom has that just would just come to full capacity. So why don't we do this? If you're a mom, why don't you stand up? Moms, do you know about the motherly intuition that I'm talking about? Do y'all all feel that? Mary had that for God. Don't forget, you've never done anything bad enough to lose God. I couldn't find Annabelle one time for it was like probably like 90 seconds, which felt like 45 minutes in Costco. <sighs> Poor Mary, she two days, lost God for two days. Unbelievable. And then she needed wine to make it all better. Um, all right, so let's do this. So guys, just stretch your hands out. Um, if, I'll tell you what, if you're in the family around these people, why don't you put your hands on them? We're going to pray over uh, these things. Make sure everyone, Josh, can you get Melanie? Just make sure everyone's got a hand on them. Love it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pray for this first. So God, we just break the power of, of, of like guilt and condemnation that you're not enough or that you made mistakes. God, just the, um, we just the, the the basic daily things that we don't feel like we can accomplish as mothers. God, I just pray that you would soften that place in their hearts to know that they are loved, that they're doing the best they can, that you've got them covered where you stop, they start. That you're a really big God and you cover really well. So just break the power of mommy guilt in Jesus' name. God, I pray for um, every mother, every child in the room 
that um, they would be godly children, be raised in the house of the Lord, and that you would give them strategy on how to do that, strategies from heaven on how to individually treat each child. But do pray, God, for any wayward children that are in here, any children that aren't walking with you, um, any prodigals, um, any just stored up prayers and promises over certain children. I just pray for a release from that in Jesus' name. I just declare that parents who've been praying over their children, that that would shift today. God, I pray it in Jesus' name. That would shift today. There'd be a shift today in relationship, broken relationships with with the children, um, broken relationships that just that just need you. There's really no other solution that needs you. And God, lastly I, lastly, I pray for the dreams in all of these women's hearts that they would just that they would put a fire to it. It doesn't matter if it's logical or not, God, that you would put a fire to the dreams in their hearts. I pray for resources to be able to accommodate and see those dreams come true. And I pray that all of these women, you give them supernatural sleep. How many of you want to pray for the next 45 minutes for supernatural sleep? Don't. Hopefully your kids aren't sleepwalking and peeing in the front yard. But um, God, but I do just pray for a supernatural rest. Just rest over these moms. The hours of sleep would expand. God, it's, um, it's basically impossible without you if you have young kids. We just pray over these moms. Pray that today they'd feel valued and they'd feel blessed. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So good. Hey, we have a special video. Why don't you turn your attention up to the screen? Josh, you can get the lights. Or Melanie, get the lights. He's off.
How great is that? So funny. Uh, Cedar House Productions made that video. Um, it's a joke. So cute. Can we do the shirts first? Okay, cool. Um, hey, for all you moms, and then after the moms get a shirt, you guys can get a shirt. We have a new we have a new colorway for the Cedar House shirt. It's kind of this color, so they're going to be out. This is a medium, and there are smalls and there are bigger sizes as well. Last time we had a, a mix-up on the sizes. Yeah, so they're going to be out in the front um, if you guys want to get one. And then after the moms get one, guys, they're free. Everyone can have a, a Cedar House T-shirt. So, And we got one more thing to do. Who wants a medium? <gasps> Ooh, Sarah. Sarah's on it. Oh, here we go. Cue it up. Only Sarah. Ready? Let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Sarah, happy birthday to you. Sorry, sorry, Amber. There's more out there. You were really close to first, but not first. There's only one first. Um, Can we do it? Okay. So, Lena and I really wanted to honor all the moms in here, but especially our moms. So... Both our moms are in here right now, so you two want to come up? This is my mom, Wendy, and Landon's mom, Tanya. Or we can come to you. I can make it back there. No. Here you go. Another one now. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that was really good. Let's clap it up for them. Yeah. You awesome. And then Stacey didn't know this was coming, but I wanted to honor her too. The mother of this house, for sure. She's amazing. She's, she's really the heart and soul behind everything we're doing here. Oh, she's amazing. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, cool. Why don't we go ahead and all stand up? We'll do a final prayer and we'll we'll close it out. I forgot. Logistics. No, we got it. Okay. Hey, actually, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Uh, we're going to keep you for another 45 minutes. Um, now I'm going to say a prayer. We'll close out. And then if you just hold your seat for about 30 seconds, Dave has some logistical things on the way out, just some housekeeping stuff to cover. God, we love you. Thank you so much for being a good God. You could have been uh, any way you wanted, and you chose goodness. And so we're so thankful for our moms. God, I pray that every mother would feel loved throughout the rest of this day. I would thank you for this new building. Thank you for this church. God, I pray that you would just uh, prep our hearts for everything that's coming and the resources to do it. We bless this whole area. Just pray that Shenandoah and all these surrounding uh, the neighborhoods would just be blessed. We give you this time. We ask you bless the mothers. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Seriously, one more second. One more second. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information,
information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.